This is Patrick and Vanessa Zangardi, and you're listening to Demand and Brand. The podcast where we cover marketing trends and techniques to help you succeed in marketing. Hello to our faithful listeners. Today we're talking about branding and marketing, and more specifically, the differences between them. There are a lot of similarities. There's also a lot of differences, but really at the end of the day, they work together to influence sales and to grow revenue for a company, whether that company is B2B, um, or a consumer-focused brand um, or company, your brand is extremely important. Yeah, I think a lot of times when we talk to people, you know, whether it's a business, a C-suite, even some marketing directors or creative directors, a lot of times branding and marketing get shoved into like the same bucket. And while they are absolutely related and re- relational, they are not the same. You must have one to have the other to be effective, but they're not they're not the same. Yeah. So I think it's probably important um, to talk about like what is the definition of branding and then marketing and then we kind of talk about like how they're different. Perfect. Yeah, I mean, for me and this, I'll just throw a huge caveat out there. These are not like, you know, Merriam-Webster definitions. Mm-hmm. These are my definitions, our definitions. And... Um, you know, your results may vary, but this is the way that we think about it. So branding, when we think about branding, we consider it the way your organization is perceived or felt by your audience. So um, what we mean by that is it's, it's everything that your consumer thinks and feels about your organization based on um, their experience with you from the first time that they see your visual identity from the time that they first connect with a salesperson or see your product on the shelf mm-hmm. to the experience in opening that product or having that service delivered to them, customer service, you know, continued advertising, and so on. It's the brand is the way you are, excuse me, your branding, your brand is how you are perceived by your audience. Now let's contrast that with marketing. It's a little bit more nuanced. Um, Marketing is the process of promoting your company, driving awareness for your service or your company. And really at the end of the day, it's about driving sales, driving revenue, winning new customers. And at the end of the day, the goal in marketing is growth. So marketing really leverages brand because without somebody having some type of preconceived notion about your company, your organization, marketing is just gonna be more noise in the ether. And there's a reason out there that companies like Apple are able to do really creative, innovative marketing and advertising campaigns. Mm-hmm. It's because their brand is recognizable mm-hmm. and they continue to deliver on their promise and their promise of um, having innovation, their pro- promise of promoting creativity, the promise of having the best products on the market. So um, really, you know, Apple, in this example I'm giving, is leveraging their brand to be able to do some really innovative and interesting marketing and advertising campaigns. Yeah. And I think it's when you kind of think about it in very, very simplistic, very watered down version, the branding is the show and then the marketing is the tell, right? So you're thinking about this in relation to like show and tell the branding shows and the marketing tells. So Branding is there and it kind of is an ongoing, it's an evolutionary process, right? You start with the branding at the beginning of a business or a rebrand or whatever. And then over time, you'll find that it kind of evolves like that. 
And marketing is a little bit more of those like shorter sprints in relation because we're trying to tell people about the brand, about the business. You know, it's trying to lean into like your example of Apple, you know, marketing is always ongoing for Apple, but it's segmented out depending on what they're trying to accomplish and all that kind of stuff. Totally. Yeah. So in the Apple example, right, they've got a a new iPhone coming out, their advertising and marketing campaigns are going to be about, you know, how the new iPhone's better than the old iPhone or whatever, or the, <laughs> the new Mac or the new, you know, whatever, the new um, uh, iPad, it, it really, it, it doesn't matter. Um, those are short campaigns and short bursts to promote that thing, thus producing more revenue for that thing uh, and for the company overall, of course, mm -hmm. but it's very specific where the brand over is more overarching and more long tail. Yeah. And I think it's, it, this is why it gets so muddy, right? When we talk about branding and marketing is because they're so, they're so married together. And so it seems like when Apple is doing these marketing blitzes and campaigns around their products, people aren't removing the actual Apple brand from it because in this case, obviously we're choosing Apple. It It's so ingrained in your life. The brand is so recognizable after all these decades. What? I mean, how long? It's called 45 years. Yeah. 40 years. Yeah. So that's definitely a long game kind of branding here too. But that's why they get so enmeshed and then also too sometimes marketing campaigns are focused just solely around brand building and that's kind of where demand comes in kind of where demand generation comes in and all that stuff right is that sometimes the marketing for the brand is to build brand awareness so then it's like even more confusing yeah it's definitely it's definitely true you know um so to that point we sometimes do see um, a marketing campaign or a marketing function, mm -hmm. email marketing, pay-per-click advertising, social media, not necessarily promoting any one thing, but it's promoting the organization, the company as a whole. And sometimes I call that brand marketing um, because it's not directly focused to a specific segment or product. And uh, as Vanessa just said, right, you know, that's I think where the some of the confusion comes from. Um, I want to talk about another difference between branding and marketing. So marketing in so many words is a function of reaching the right people mm -hmm. with the right message mm -hmm. at the right time. Mm -hmm. Now that's, that's like the goal of marketing. That's like literally, you know, that's the, that, yeah. you know, that's the <laughs> tweet. That's the tweet. <laughs> so marketing is about mm -hmm. reaching the right people at the right time with the right message, three rights. Now branding, it's about creating a consistent message, mm -hmm. a consistent image mm -hmm. that appeals to your target audience. Mm -hmm. That's three more <laughs> rights right there in my mind. <laughs> three more rights, that's right. Um, so while marketing in this case, it's, it's about promoting and driving sales and awareness, branding's focused on building a long-term relationship with the target market. Yeah. And I think that's where like, you'll hear me kind of talk a lot about this because I just, I, Patrick and I talk about like businesses and branding and marketing all the time. That's why we started this podcast because we used to just keep it between us and our dogs. 
And then we thought, well, people may want to learn and listen. And we talk at length about primarily B2C because everybody is exposed to that. So it's easier to kind of discuss that. But like, you know, I go on all the time. It's probably the third time on the third podcast I've mentioned coach, right? So they've been around forever. I don't even know when the brand started. And I think that they're very interesting because they had a specific branding and kind of brand image. Like when I was growing up, I've got some vintage coach purses from my mom, which are really cool to me. It was a little bit different of a time. And then I feel like they kind of dropped off and then they really like reinvented themselves, but they leaned on a lot of the same. They didn't change their logo or anything like that. They really leaned on, at least not uh, a lot. They really leaned on their legacy and kind of what had worked before, but they put a different marketing spin on it. So the branding was consistent. The branding still is reminiscent of times before, but with a modern spin, right? They did the virtual shopping over Christmas, which just geeked me out hardcore. I love that. That kind of innovation that comes while leaning on a brand legacy and reinventing the way that people may shop for purses, I think is really, really fascinating and a cool way to kind of conceptualize branding and marketing and kind of how it works together. What about, so I think that's a really interesting point you bring up about your perception of the brand. Let's call that from an external or an outside perspective. You're mentioning like the things you see from how they're promoting the company, the brand. What about, because obviously I know that you are not just a fan of Coach, but you are a Coach <laughs> customer. Yes. So what about how Coach and their brand promise is delivered throughout the customer journey, right? Like from mm -hmm. the time you first see something to mm -hmm. the time, you know, you've got the, the bag on your shoulder. Can you talk to that a little bit? Yeah, I think now when I think of Coach before, I, you know, it's a different time, right? E-commerce was not the way that it is now. And I also was younger, so I was not spending, you know, my money on this at the time. But I think it's really interesting the way that Coach has kind of infiltrated my life in things like Instagram ads. Their TikTok is hilarious if you find it. Not only is it things like that are beneficial and they kind of like tell you style tips and there's somebody who's not even, he may, I'm assuming Coach knows him now, but he does, I think it's he, he does his own content and he answers questions that people ask on his TikTok around coach purses and sizes and what bag's good for what and then i got a coach tiktok ad that was like if the zodiac signs which i am huge into that kind of stuff if the zodiac signs were coach purses right so having fun with all of that really utilizing that to connect with the audience where the audience lives i think is really innovative um for you know we'll talk about like a mid-tier luxury um accessory company and then they make their website too easy to shop. Um, it is very easy to navigate. So they've thought about the user experience in relation to that. It's very easy to see them on models. The website is optimized. It's easy to check out, fortunately and unfortunately, right? So they've really thought about everything from start to finish and their ship time is a few days in, in, in the longest. I think the longest I waited was maybe five business days for a bag and you know Amazon's been slipping a little bit with their delivery anyway so people are accustomed to a few more days wait so to your question the whole user experience was created 
even though the brand is a legacy brand, they really took the time to lean into what was happening and the way consumers shop and the way consumers are expecting to be interacted with. And they just leaned into it. And I have to assume that they're reaping the benefits from that. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And that makes that makes total sense. And, you know, I think the, the thing that a, a great brand like Coach does or like Apple does, or, you know, you can name any, any you know, insert your favorite brand here. Um, what they do well is they deliver on that brand promise at mm -hmm. every customer interaction point from mm -hmm. uh, kind of repeating what I said earlier, from the first time that they experience your brand via an ad or seeing it on shelf or something like that to the transaction experience, which you just spoke to about the e-commerce side or in B2B businesses, it could be the uh, negotiation, contracting and payment phase and onboarding all the way through to the time that you're using the product or that you are uh, utilizing the service and um, coming back with, we'll call it customer service needs or, or anything like that. Each one of these interaction points is a absolute, um, it's absolutely a place to reinforce the brand image mm -hmm. and provide somebody with a great experience. Mm -hmm. And then on the back end of it too, they do a really great job of, so we're talking about, you know, how it, this ties into marketing. So they're using those digital channels to market to me on Instagram and TikTok and things like that too. And then in innovative ways that are very authentic and native to the platform and influencers and things like that too. But then they also do a really good job of retargeting and putting things back in my feed and sending emails in a cadence that's not annoying, which anybody who does any online shopping or anything, subscribe to any email list. There is a certain finesse to finding the right cadence to keep something top of mind, especially something like that's like um, an, an unnecessary, a not need. That's not the yeah, it's word. a luxury good. Thank like, you. You don't you don't need to have it, but yeah. you want to have it, and utilizing it or or having it um, makes you feel a certain way. Yeah, but it's it it's not necessary, and so they do the right the right cadence of like, hey, you left this in your cart. Hey, mm -hmm. you liked this. Hey, this would be something that you are interested based on your shopping history. So they are working marketing that way too. I mean, like the amount of care that they've put into it, that's why I will continue talking about them. It's just fascinating to me. 100% agree. I think that they are a great case study in a number of things. In fact, um, we probably about a year ago or so at this point shared an article um, on our uh, Zangardi Studio website and email list. Maybe we can put that in the show notes um, talking about what b2b brands can learn from fashion brands oh yeah and that's a cool one it was really well received and we spoke about coach on that as well as like abercrombie and fitch and a number Supreme, of others yeah. um, about how luxury and fashion brands reinvent themselves and yeah. how they leverage their brand to do unique and new things and uh, coach will will always be at the top of my list for that type of thing they've done um I guess we can call it campaigns or product lines with um, artists and creators yeah. and with celebrities and, you know, reaching as far and wide as like, um, you know, actual like fine artists to Jennifer Lopez and, and celebrities. And yeah. uh, to me, that is fascinating that they've been able to kind of reach as far and wide. Yeah. So 
What do you have an example? Because we talk about coach all the time. Sure. Do you have any kind of example that you can think of that you thought was cool when it comes to yeah definitely of so that? one one brand that I uh, admire and aspire to be a customer of is Porsche. <laughs> uh, Anybody that follows his Instagram knows he's manifesting every day. Yeah, I'm posting daily Porsche photographs on my Instagram story because uh, one day I will own one. Mm-hmm. So. Um, slight digression there, but I love Porsche and their brand and heritage that they've leaned on for the last 60, 70 years, um, ever since the first Porsche uh, 911, which was called the 912, coincidentally, um, was released back in the 60s, has been about the love of motorsport and adventure and heritage. And you can see it, it's reminiscent in the Porsche 911. It really hasn't changed Mm -hmm. in terms of the style and the, we'll call it the silhouette, in 60 years. Um, Granted, of course, there has been technological improvements from the way, you know, um, the motor works and, you know, safety and things like that. And, of course, um, changing the product, the car, to, um, you know, just be... A, a, a better car and within current regulation, of course. And so the thing that they do well is they lean on their heritage and their history, but they are not afraid to do something new and unique. Um, their their marketing as a luxury product um, is uh, consistent. Mm-hmm. It is um, reinforcing their brand, their quality. And it's something that... Um, when you see a Porsche advertisement, whether it's in a magazine or if it's online, if you're a fan of the brand, you just you know it's a Porsche brand, with or without the name being stamped. Excuse me, an ad, with or without the name and the logo being stamped all over it. Now, on the marketing side, um, I have been um, marketed to because evidently my past user experience indicates that you know uh, they shouldn't they should be marketing to me. Yeah. I'm flattered, by the way. We'll get there one day. Um, in such ways as being uh, invited to uh, dealers for new brand unveils and and showcases, like events. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that is a fascinating thing because their product, a vehicle, is something you need to see and feel to really connect with. Mm-hmm. And they know that. And so um, they are, are really able to utilize their brand to produce marketing that that works and that that shows results and um for me that's a a fascinating case study as well yeah and i think too with porsche they're also dabbling their tiktok is hilarious Mm -hmm. i know we've talked about that before it's very Um, good so i think that that is an interesting way for them to kind of get into a new audience and then get into a different space there but we talked about two brands we'll consider like in lifestyle, right? We call this like lifestyle brands, but very different in the way that they need to market, right? Coach, small blitzes, granted, we're not talking about cars to cars. We're not doing apples to apples here, but it's just important to know anything. Coach is like short blitzes, right? Trying to get it to purchase way lower price point, right? Obviously. So there's a little different marketing that goes into it where I feel like Porsche just, it's like the, 
old saying, if you have to ask how expensive it is, you can't afford it. So <laughs> Porsche doesn't go out and I don't feel like they do blitzes. They don't do, cause that's not what they're, that's not the client they're trying to attract. And they know that and they lean into it no matter what, no matter the market, because by creating high end events and exclusivity and all that kind of, that kind of feeling of community yep. as it relates to Porsches and Porsche drivers and Porsche lovers, they do it differently. Yeah, I'll speak to that a little bit too. So um, when you when you look at the the outlets in which Porsche is advertising or marketing, it's much different than um, Ford, mm-hmm. right? It's much different than Chevy and mm-hmm. GM products. So they're looking at their target customer. And again, kind of speaking back to how brand, it's about influencing a relationship with the target market and customer. And marketing is about getting the right message at the right time to the right person. This is where this all kind of overlaps and intersects here. Porsche is looking at their target audience. Um, we'll call it uh, perhaps higher net worth individuals we'll, mm-hmm. or, or, or um, motorsport enthusiasts, things like that. And they look at what other qualities do these people have? What other things do they like? Um, maybe what are their what are their interests? And they might see like there's a large intersection of our audience that also golfs mm. or also plays tennis mm-hmm. or also likes luxury watches mm-hmm. or also likes tailored suits or whatever the case may be. And um, they're finding unique ways to overlap and to showcase their brand in areas where uh, there's a higher likelihood of their message being received, their marketing being received because it overlapped with other interests. So you'll see Porsche um, advertising on uh, like the the um, F1 or the MotoGP races that happen on Saturdays and Sundays. Mm-hmm. You'll see TV commercials or, or at least, you know, advertisements on there. You'll see them advertising in things like um, the, uh, uh, you know, auto magazines or the auto YouTube channels and such like that. They also will really leverage influencers in their space Mm -hmm. on social media. So it's not like a tone deaf um, ad being shown across an Instagram feed, but it could be sponsored content from an influencer who is a known gearhead or motorhead, right? And then uh, in the example that I said earlier about being invited to a um, a, a new model unveiling, that was in partnership with a jewelry um, store, which sells uh, they're an authorized dealer for like Rolexes and things like that. So the dealership and the brand and then the um, jeweler, they co-marketed this brand because there was a large intersect of their audience that might be interested in going. Yeah, And that yeah. was a really fascinating case study. Yeah, and that ties into, like I mentioned before, the demand part of it, right? How brands now need to focus on strong branding and smart marketing tactics in order to drive demand generation because the average consumer, the average audience member, the average person is oversaturated with so many sales messages. We see about 3,000 messages, advertisements a day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like if you get on social, it's like one in every every third thing on any feed anymore is some kind of advertising, some kind of sell, some kind of something, right? These platforms now need to make money. We all have tuned them out. So looking at 
branding and developing that strong branding, right? This is again how they're married together. That strong branding and that dedication to what you're trying to convey, plus the right marketing strategies and tactics to do blitzes, to do long campaigns, to do all the above, uh, which was a two-bullet list. But nonetheless, <laughs> both of those things at the same time, right, or uh, concurrently, that's the way that you understand conceptually that they're separate, but they have to work together. So I think one example, you know, to kind of bring this down a little bit more of how branding and marketing work together is like, I don't know, you're launching a new product, right? First, you have the brand or the branding around the product. Ideally, you have the brand around the business and then the product, and then you're using marketing tactics to generate interest and drive sales, right? advertising, public relations, social media, kind of all that stuff like that. But you're relying on that strong brand identity and that, you know, in some cases product identity to then leverage your marketing strategies and tactics to ensure that the audience understands as best that they can and you can what you're trying to do and what action you want them to take. Totally. And I think we we may even toss one thing out, one other thing in there, which is, to cut through the noise. Mm, yes. If you've got a strong brand, your message will be better received. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you don't have a strong brand, your message might just go into that junk pile, the junk drawer of all the other <laughs> 3,000 ads that you're seeing that day. Yeah. And it just gets tossed away. Yeah. I mean, we could, you know, talk about this like for a million minutes. I feel like I can talk about specific nuances with all this kind of stuff like that. But I think this is a nice intro conversation into like the difference between branding and marketing we talk about this a lot on linkedin we have i think two blog posts a variety of other types of social content out there about this and we can dive deeper into you know kind of one of these but i think you know talking more about demand generation as it relates to branding and marketing i think our audience will really kind of value so agreed to kind of cap it off, branding and marketing are obviously two very critical components of any business. Uh, they work together and they create a strong and recognizable image for a company and its product services or whatever it's offering, right? They're definitely different, but they're so closely related, like they're literally married. Yeah, Two sides of the coin. Yeah, yeah. And again, branding is the process of like the showing and then marketing is the process of telling. So if you're thinking about show and tell, right? Our six year old is like sharing days, show and tell, right? All that kind of stuff. The showing is the branding and the telling is where that marketing and those kind of functions come into play. I love the way you've really simplified that. Um, you know, explain it like a five year old, right? You did a great job. Thank so, you, thank you. There you have it. Um, the difference and the similarities between mm -hmm. branding and marketing and how they work to drive revenue and awareness for your organization. If you have any questions about this topic, hit us up on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. You can find Vanessa at Vanessa Zangardi or me at Patrick Zangardi, or together you can find us at Zangardi Studio uh, on LinkedIn, on Zangardi Studio at, um, on Instagram or TikTok. And you can also find us at zangardi.com. We really made it really easy for all of you. And as always, if you like this episode, please subscribe to the podcast so you know when we drop these nuggets of wisdom for you. We're excited. We've got some good people as guests slated for the podcast. So we're going to bring you even more than just branding and brand awareness and marketing. We're going to kind of expand it out so that you get a really comprehensive feel for different types of 
information that marketing and even small business owners, right? We're a small business owner, so we're gonna bring some really big value over this next year, which is very exciting. So hit that subscribe button and make sure you share this with a friend who you think might be interested.